too can be a star, a living fire to lighten the darkness, leading out into the expanding universe. Madeline Lingle. Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I'm looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted and thrilled that my longtime friend, Karen Saunders, has joined me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia to discuss one of my favorite topics, as you all know, books and how book clubs build compassionate communities and encourage lifelong learning. Karen came from New Brunswick, a long way away from Vancouver, that is, until her family decided to settle on the other side of Canada, on my side, in North Vancouver, British Columbia. Karen is passionate about literature, languages, and books. She attended the University of Victoria and graduated in 1979 with a Bachelor of Arts, a double major in English Literature and French Language. In 1983, Karen obtained a Master of Library Science from McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. During all her studies, she married the love of her life, Patrick. Patrick's medical training and naval career gave Karen the opportunity to experience the breadth of Canada, moving from Montreal to Vancouver, then to Halifax, then Victoria, and back to Langley, British Columbia. While raising three children and running a successful small business, her life has been full of adventures. At 50, Karen recognized a call to ordained ministry and spent four years in training for the role of a deacon in the Anglican Church of Canada. Nine years have passed since her ordination, each year offering her opportunities to participate in ministries involving education, liturgical services, and pastoral care. Karen embraces life with enthusiasm and is open to new possibilities. An avid reader since the age of three. She believes books and book clubs bring people together to learn, to explore, and find belonging. So put the kettle on and add to this discussion on tea, toast, and trivia. Karen and I are looking forward to meeting up with you. Welcome, Karen, and thank you for joining me to discuss our favorite topic, books, book clubs, and more books, and more book clubs. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for the invitation. This is another adventure. I've got my tea. We're all set. I remember when you first dropped by and told me all the books that you were reading, and it was an amazing thing. And I thought, how does she read so much? I must find out more. So you have told me that you belong to a vibrant book club that ranges in the ages of 40s to 80s. How did you get involved with this book club? Back in 2005, I was one of half a dozen women from church who decided that we'd like to start a book club of our own. Our goals were to get out of our reading ruts and discover new authors, to try genres or writers that we might otherwise not have encountered because we've all kind of fallen into habits. So our second goal was to enjoy the fellowship of and conversation with other intelligent women 
who sought a venue for discussing what we were reading and the chance to dig just a little deeper into the books that we read. Since we began in March 2005, we've read everything from Harry Potter to Shakespeare, lots of fiction, biography, memoir, and wide-ranging nonfiction, history, theology, works on environmentalism, psychology, racism, and feminism. It's a pretty eclectic selection. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. We enjoy ourselves. We enjoy the process of choosing, and we enjoy the reading, and most of all, we enjoy getting together to have a conversation later. So how do you choose your books? Everybody can volunteer to choose a book or not. Some years we have the same half dozen people tend to pick selections, but anyone can make a suggestion. As long as it's something that we haven't read before, they're always considered, with a couple of exceptions, and maybe we'll talk about those later. (laughs) It's been wonderful over the years. The group has changed, but the core has stayed the same, and we have a wonderful friendship now in the group. And that conversation that you have about books brings about the friendship, doesn't it? It nurtures it. It's like fertilizer. It gives us something to talk about or a place to start. And over the years, we've gotten to know one another. We use it as an opportunity to check in with one another. And then we just share our opinions, certainly not always in agreement with one another. How do you handle that disagreement? Because I know that that is part of the discussion. It can't always be the same. Actually, the best discussions we have are when we don't all feel the same way about the book, because it's much easier to get deeper into a book if you go around the room and all eight people go, I loved it. (laughs) Then the conversation often goes elsewhere. But when somebody says, well, I had a problem with X, or I really didn't like the style, or I found it very hard to read, or there were great holes in the plot, that's when we say, you know, tell me more, and and that's when the discussion gets richer. So far, nobody's thrown anything at anybody. (laughs) (laughs) You said that there was an age group between 40 and 80. How does that span of ages help in the conversation? Because 40-year-olds have a different perspective and life experience than someone who is 80. Well, that's exactly how it helps. We have this broad range of life experience, of wisdom. We come from different fields in our careers, fields in our education. Some of us have families, some of us don't. All of that variety gives us more and more richness and more and more depth. It's great. Your topics and subjects are broad, from Shakespeare to Harry Potter. Do you find a connection between all of those fiction, nonfiction, in how people relate to the topic of conversation? I mean, we don't try and connect necessarily the conversation we're having this month with a conversation we may have had a previous month, but sometimes that does happen just organically. Somebody say, you know, this really reminds me of something else we've read. And I think that with a really good book, so often the themes are universal. And that's what makes it a really good book. When you're reading Harry Potter, you're reading about good and evil and friendship and support. When you're reading The Merchant of Venice, which is the the Shakespeare play that we read as a group, you're reading about good and evil. So there are connections that can be made. 
Sometimes they're a little more tenuous than others, but with the really good books, they're there. The universal themes are what make them engaging and so exciting to read. Particularly reading history or historical fiction, which is a personal favorite of mine, you will see how other people learned a particular lesson. But of course, in your own life, you don't have those same experiences, but you may still have had to learn that lesson of tolerance, for example, or of patience or of courageousness. And so you can see examples in what you're reading, but the application to your own life is personal because of the demands of your own experience. Your book club has been a real place of connection for you for a long time. You got together, you had tea, you felt that sense of belonging because you were in close proximity. But now, over the past year, there's been changes. How has the social distancing impacted your book club? When the pandemic hit, we switched from meeting in one another's homes to meeting on Zoom. And it's actually worked very well. Some of us were not sure how it was going to be, but we're getting bigger numbers, more people attending. And the conversations have tended to stay more focused because you can't go off on a tangent with somebody on the side while you're Zooming. You have to be paying attention to the main conversation. It's worked so well that we're planning to continue with a hybrid model going forwards in the fall, meeting in person in September, maybe October, and then April, May, and June. And then we'll meet via Zoom for the winter months so that nobody has to drive in the dark or in foul winter weather. Our memberships fluctuated over the years. People have come and gone, but we have over 20 officially on our list. And most meetings now are drawing 10 to 15 participants. And that's quite a few more. We were averaging more like 8 to 12 when we were meeting in person. Not all of our folks come from church and not all live in the same neighborhoods. We're quite widespread around the city. What we share is the enjoyment of one another's company and opinions, whatever the manner of our getting together. For some particularly struggled with isolation during COVID, it's been something of a lifeline to know that there was going to be a group of people that they could join in for something that wasn't a meeting, whereas meeting with a bunch of women, glass of wine in hand or tea, and that's easy. That's fun. You opened up a really good thought. Because we were able to go into a new technology, the ability to gain new friends and new acquaintances was enhanced. I would agree with you. It has enhanced it. And particularly for some of the people for whom the the commuting was difficult, some of our elders who are not able to just hop in their cars and, and join a group, this has been a wonderful way for them to be part of our community life. So now I want to know, what books have you read this year that spoke to you? Uh, Last month, we met and discussed The Hair with the Amber Eyes by Edmund Duvall. It was our 145th book. We had a really good conversation. There were so many subjects covered in the book. There were so many themes. I don't know if anyone is familiar with it, but it's the story of family collection of Netsuke the little tiny Japanese carvings. And the author, Edmund Duvall, inherited this collection and decided he needed to know more of its history. So he researched his family roots, its history, its biography, but it also talks about 
the nature of belongings and how or why they are important to us, whether that changes over time, whether something that's important to me may be important to my children or not. We discussed that at some length, and it was really interesting, especially as all of us, or almost all of us, are at the stage when we're looking around our homes and thinking, I don't need any more stuff. What am I going to do with the stuff I already have? We also had a wonderful discussion earlier in the year around the book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd, and another discussing Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. The big advantage of the book club is that sometimes we're surprised by the very different reactions that others may have from ourselves. Others often see a book very differently than I did, and that's where the best discussions begin. Sometimes a book acts as a springboard to a broader conversation about a particular aspect of the story. We find ourselves talking not necessarily about the book itself, but about that larger theme. For instance, when we read the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, which we loved unanimously, we ended up having such an interesting conversation about the wartime experiences of our parents and grandparents. Why are book clubs important? They're a great way of developing friendships over a shared conversation. If you come away educated, informed, entertained, or inspired, that's a gift that you've been given. And book clubs broaden our experience by introducing us to new authors, new perspectives, and new insights into what we've read. In book clubs, there's always leaders and leadership in any of our organizations. How do the leaders in your group, because there's usually two or three that really come together and make sure everything is organized, how do they build that sense of community? Well, they're me, and I'm bossy. <laughs> I'm the one who sort of maintains the list of what we've read in the past, who sends out meeting reminders, who reminds people when it's time to start selecting books for the next year. Most of my friends are just pretty used to me being the one who organizes things like that. Within the discussions, I'm not always the leader. We try and have whoever chose the book lead at least the beginning of the conversation, tell us why it was chosen, what drew her to it. One of our members is a retired English literature professor, so often we will bow to her superior knowledge, and, and she is one who will regularly pull us back to the book if we're drifting a little too far away. We do have a, a group within the group who sort of act in leadership roles. We're all pretty strong-minded women, so we just take turns. Is it easy to find a book club where you find kindred spirits? It was for me because I solved the problem of finding the club by creating one that suited me with friends. I don't know how challenging it might be to find a club for everybody, but I would imagine that any book club would involve kindred spirits. By definition, you're going to get lovers of books and conversation and people who are curious and engaged with the world around them. There are so many different ways to find a book club these days. Radio stations run them, TV channels, I'm thinking of Canada Reads. There are online groups. There are so many different options that you could just join a public group if you wanted to try it out without commitment, perhaps. 
But I think if you wanted something more personal, less public, my inclination would be to ask friends who read or folks in any group that you might belong to and ask whether they know of local groups who might be interested in new members. If somebody wants to start a book club, what would you recommend? Well, we found it very simple to get our club started. It began with my best friend and I having a conversation about tending to choose books from similar genres and favorite authors over and over. So we decided that if we began a book club, we could take advantage of other people's favorites and they could take advantage of ours. And so we just put the word out at church, inviting anybody interested to join us for an organizational meeting. From that first day, the club emerged. There were six of us who wanted to give it a try. We understood that some clubs limit themselves to specific types of reading, like all nonfiction or all Canadian authors. But we decided not to limit our horizons that way. Our goal was to broaden them. We established only three rules, which stand to this day. The first is that the books chosen need to be reasonably easy to get hold of through the library or on an e-reader or in paperback so that nobody has to purchase an expensive hardback every month. Two, we said there's no requirement to attend every meeting or even to have finished the book if life gets in the way. You can join and come for the fellowship even if you haven't read the book because so often our conversation does get bigger than the title itself. And rule number three was no Margaret Atwood. We have nothing against Margaret Atwood. She's an icon for a reason. But we six were in agreement that we didn't want to be required to read her if we didn't feel like it. We could read her on our own, but just not together. Since then, we've grown through word of mouth to include folks beyond the parish. We've grown by invitations offered from time to time at church. And so we're that much bigger, as I say, about 20 now. Some of us choose a book that we've already read when it's our turn. Other times we'll choose something we've read about or been recommended by a friend. So these days I pay much closer attention to book reviews than I used to because I'm always on the lookout for potential titles for the club. So your advice for someone interested in joining or beginning a book club is? Go for it. Just start your own or look around and find one that you think will suit. If you're not inclined to, to start it yourself, grab a book, read, and then talk about it. I don't think one can ever be poorer for reading a good book. And any last words as we close this conversation or book recommendations? Just finished reading Kate Quinn's The Rose Code, which is about code breakers at Bletchley Park and is a perfect commentary for the things we've been talking about here because one of the themes is all about building community, creating family out of the group of people you're with who are not necessarily your own family. I read all 650 pages of it in 48 hours, so that tells you it was a really good book. Karen, it's been an absolute joy to have you on Tea, Toast and Trivia. You have brought great insights into book clubs and into the joy of reading books together as a community and as a family. Will you come back? That would be lovely. I'd enjoy that. 
thank you for joining me today, Karen, and for bringing your insights and love of learning and love of books and love of community. It has been a privilege and an honor to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of Tea, Toast, and Trivia. It's been great to chat with you about books and reading. Karen and I invite you, dear friends, to share your thoughts on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And until next time we meet, keep safe and be well.